0: So good to be here. My wife and I are honored to be here in our second year uh, living with my great father-in-law. Um, he's been stuck with me for 42 years, and uh, we're honored to be here today to share the Word of God with you as God has put in my heart. It's not an unfamiliar passage. It's a story of the feeding of the 5,000, and I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, have heard or read or studied or both about that passage of scripture and we think about what it has to do with today but look at the title of the message being a part of god's solution to life's problems would you say say we've been through a time in the last year and you know if it's not this it's going to be something else right that's how life is life happens sometimes the the gravity or severity or the effect of the challenge is greater. But that's just life. Things happen. And uh, we are placed here on this earth uh, with the focus of fulfilling the great commandment to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength, and our neighbor as ourself. And then we're also faced with the great commission to go therefore and make disciples. And part of that, and the first step to discipleship is evangelism because it's hard to be a follower of Christ if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's our, that's our, our uh, job description as Christians. doesn't matter the size of the church, the setting. It could be out in the middle of the desert in the Middle East. It could be in a nice church building in America like we are here. It could be in a barn. But that's our mission to share the love of Christ with everybody we come in contact. And you know, we're in that season of Lent and Easter, and what a beautiful thing to see a baptism. Isn't that always an awesome thing? This represents a life committed to Jesus. It's, it's the, just a, another evidence of the work of God in this church. And you guys have done a great job not just loving on us, but I've just observed this is a place of love. I'm very honored to be here to share the word uh, and let me just start out with a real catchy first sentence okay and remember I got an hour and a half so just take get comfy pandemics shutdowns and hurricanes oh my can I hear an amen, amen. not too loud you're baptist <laughs> 2020 is a great number when it comes to eyesight But it's a great number to have in the rear window right now, isn't it? And we're looking for bigger and better things. And folks, praise God, we live in a place with a lot more freedom than some other places. Uh, And that's great. But it's a very real problem. It's a very real deal. And so we uh, have things going on that are out of our normal. But it's still life. And our old normal pre-COVID is a distant memory and there's a lot of unknowns out there in the future, but one thing we know is that people will always need to know they're loved, lovable, and lovely in the sight of our Lord. Amen? And because of that, we have to take up our mantles of being ambassadors for Christ and look for ways to being part of Of God's solution. To life's problems. And it can come in many forms. And so that is the basis. For what we're going to talk about. In the moments ahead. Um, We're just going to explore. Ways to be a blessing to people. For fulfilling the purpose. Of bringing honor and glory. To our Lord Jesus Christ. Edifying his church. And being a blessing to others. And that's. That's what it's all about. And that goes for every Christian walking the face of the earth. He not only wants us to personally experience his blessing, but he wants us to be purveyors and conveyors of that blessing to others. And when things get really down and really challenging and really difficult, guess what? The church is placed here for such a time as this to be a bright light in the great darkness. He didn't commission angels to bring the word of the hope of the gospel. He didn't commission, he did in the declaration of the birth of Jesus, but I'm talking about our day to day ministry. He commissioned human beings, born again Christians, his church worldwide to share the love of Christ. And we do it through actions and we do it through words. And It's time to really put that into practice. What's the backdrop to our passage? Our passage is found in Matthew chapter 14, uh, verse 13 to 21. And uh, the backdrop, I'm going to go over uh, to Matthew chapter 11 and just tell you where Jesus is coming from to get to the place where we're at. In Matthew chapter 11, verse one to six, and this isn't a scripture you'll see up on the screen yet. But Matthew 11, 1 to six, and when he had, Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his uh, he sent word by his disciples. He sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come? So John the Baptist is hearing of this Jesus. And remember, he's a cousin, actually. And he says, Are you the one, him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see, The blind receive their sight, the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. So that's the backdrop. That's the backdrop. But we come to our passage in Matthew chapter 14. And we have a tale of two perspectives, if you will, and we we have Jesus' perspective, and we also have the dis- perspective of the disciples uh, and uh, the us, the church, uh, contemporary, if you will. So in Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 13, it's uh, so, Jesus, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him. They followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. Well, this makes sense if you remember what we read in Matthew chapter 11, verse 1 to 6. You know, the the deaf hear, the blind see, the captives are set free, uh, lepers are healed, all that kind of thing. Uh, no wonder they're following. Hey, I hear he's over here. Hey, I hear he's over there. He was going to spend some time with the Father in quietness. And God had another plan at that moment. And that was to provide a, a ministry to a group of people that maybe some had seen him before maybe some haven't but they certainly heard about him or they wouldn't be following him and so verse 14 says when he went ashore he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and healed their sick well let's consider this tale of two perspectives Jesus goes to where the need is Jesus goes to where the need is He sees and knows our spiritual and physical needs. He knows them because he knows us. Nothing about this pandemic, about COVID, about the pain and suffering and the symptoms has escaped his notice. It's just another opportunity for the church to do what they're supposed to do and be a solution to the problems it causes So Jesus goes to where the need is. He sees and knows our spiritual and physical needs. He has compassion for us because of our needs. And then he has the means to meet all of our needs. And you'll hear this verse many times if you sit in church for any length of time. Philippians 4.19 But my God... Shall supply all your wants according to. No, that didn't say that, did it? Thou shalt supply all your needs. Say needs. Okay, I heard two of you say it. That's okay. Um, according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So that's Jesus' perspective. But let's contrast that perspective to that of the disciples or our perspective, the, the church today. Let's see how our perspectives match up. Even though we're well-intentioned and well-motivated many times, we tend to do these three things. And, and there are other things also, but these are three main things we tend to do is in our humanity. As God-followers, Remember, this side of heaven, we still have to deal with uh, a lot of the problems with our flesh and all of that. But in our perspective, we only see the physical and obvious need. We tend to only see that. Our tendency is also only to see the human practical or temporary solutions. And then thirdly, we miss quite often the spiritual and eternal solution. You know, um, you've heard this phrase before, and I'm not sure if I'm quoting it right, but you know, you're better off teaching someone to fish than to just give them a fish dinner. Do you like how I kind of modernize it saying dinner? Wasn't that fancy and spiritual? Or spiritual? I got to tell you folks, you see the difference? Were they, were they did they hate the crowd? No. Were they upset that they were there? No. But look at the verses following verse 15 of our passage. Now, when it was evening, that means he'd been there for quite a while teaching and sharing. And I can't imagine him not being there and having an opportunity. You could just see like, that picture of kids coming to Jesus and sitting on his lap and being around him. I mean, a lot of things happen that aren't covered in the printed text. But you know Jesus was being Jesus. And it was for quite a while because it says, now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and and they make a a comment that's true. This is a desolate place. (laughs) That is a desolate place over there, let me tell you. And, And then it says, and the day is now over. Now here's their solution to their problem. Send the crowds away. Translation, we're tired and we want to take a rest and have some downtime. Doesn't mean they didn't love the crowd. Doesn't mean they didn't care. But so many times we punch the Christian ministry clock and then we punch out when we leave the church building. Or we punch out Monday through Saturday. Our jobs are 24-7. You know, and you know, the, the joke And I've, in my 40-ish years of vocational ministry, I've actually had someone say, so what's it like to have a job where you work one day a week? <laughs> Ask anybody in vocational ministry, Brother Wendell, Bob, Randy, you know, Ken, Jonathan. We kind of <laughs> uh, at that. And then the solution is to have them shadow you for seven days and have them shatter you when you go to a hospital, when someone's dying from a car wreck, or dealing with a suicide, or a marriage is about to break up due to infidelity, or a kid put in jail for drugs. That's not how it works. But that's our human nature. Hey, we've reached our limit. It's time for them to be limited. We have unlimited resources in Jesus working in us through the power of the Spirit, that, but our tendency is to kind of slow down in ministry and slow down in meeting needs because we're tired of it or we are inconvenienced by it or we, it's not in our plan. That's just, that's just how it is. And then they said, and they, so they're, they're thinking logically, Boy, we've been here a long time. These guys got to be tired. I know I'm tired. There's, there's no, uh, there no publics around here, McDonald's. Oh, we're, we're kind of running into some trouble. And isn't it interesting, the disciples are letting Jesus in on, this, on the scoop. Hey, Lord, uh, you know, it's kind of desolate here. There's no McDonald's here. These guys are getting hungry. In case you didn't know, we're just trying to help you out. You ever tried to help God out? You ever prayed, you know, a prayer with so much detail, it could be on a resume or a job description? God knows. God knows. He knows all about it. He knows every little detail of every single need. You know, in our connection groups or the groups we're with in Bible study, we have prayer lists. And we have names on the prayer list. Do you think Jesus doesn't know those needs before we write them down? Wouldn't that be sad to say, my Savior is really good at remembering what I tell him. That's not good. He knows all things. He knew this. They didn't have to teach him anything. And then they gave him a little instruction. Here's how we think you should take care of it, Lord. Now remember, the heart's in the right place. These people are hungry. They need something to eat. That's a good motive. Many a great ministry has been based on meeting the practical, physical needs of people. That cup of cold water is a real deal. But they got to fill Jesus in in case he missed it. In case he got too busy doing other Jesus stuff. Remember, Jesus isn't about religion like we are. And you've heard someone has said in the past that religion is man's search for God, but Christianity is God's search for man. Have you ever heard that before? Jesus is about ministry and relationship, not religion and ritual, amen? He's all about that. What's the need? What's the best way to meet the need? How can my Father be glorified by meeting the need? But Jesus said, now let me ask you who spoke with more authoritative voice. Can you almost hear the, Lord, you're doing such great work, but it might have skipped your modus that we're in a real desolate place. Now, here's what's funny about it. The Bible says there were 5,000 men plus women and children. Have you ever been to a culture where people have more than one wife? First time you see that, it blows your mind. It's weird. You know, you see them all jib jabbed up, and the guys are walking in the front. The guys walk in the front, and there's two, three, four, five wives are walking behind them, and the kids behind them. That's the culture. Many scholars estimate this is well over double that in all likelihood. And let's just make it really dramatic and say it's three times that. There's a lot of people that were hungry And they were all experiencing the same basic need in the same place. Now, the effect of COVID on us has been different. We're affected differently. If someone gets sick from your family, it affects you differently. God forbid that someone should die in your family because it affects you even in a different way. Some of us just hear about, yeah, I heard so-and-so has COVID. That's so sad. Let's pray. That's a great thing to do. But the effect of being hungry... And being in a lonely place affects everybody. People aren't wired to deal with that very well for long periods of time. Jesus said, and here's the key verse, if you get nothing else in this sermon, I want you to remember verse 16. But Jesus said, there's the authority behind it. But Jesus said, Jesus' words are powerful. Lazarus, come forth. When the 600 Roman soldiers and police and everybody came to arrest him when he was betrayed by Jesus, Jesus are you the one who we're looking for? I am. And the Bible says, and the whole group of men fell flat on their backs by force in the Greek. Jesus has authority when he speaks, Amen. Now, we can speak, whenever we speak the words of Jesus, we're speaking with his voice. But when we try to do it with our own strength and power, it's that flat note in a great symphony, in a great choir. It's that flat note. I heard that. But look at verse 16. But Jesus said, they need not go away. That is totally contrary to the logical human thinking of the disciples. What? What, what do you mean they need not go away? Where, where are they getting their food? Good motive, good intentions, but thinking with a limited human brain and mindset. We have, we have only five fishes and two loaves. Yeah, they, their resources were limited. True that. <laughs> they had a kid sack lunch and that was it. Do the math. And folks, there are knucklehead theologians, so-called, that can explain this miracle. Now, let me tell you how logical this is. Jesus was really, really, really good at breaking off little tiny pieces of bread and fish for ten to 15,000 people. He was just able to do it. And so he's like, okay. And you just give them a little crumb and a little crumb and a little crumb and a little crumb. Do you think that happened that way? No, (laughs) you know it didn't. I know it didn't. The people sure know it didn't. The disciples got a lesson and learned that it didn't happen that way, did it? There's no way that just the physical bread and fish would satisfy that many people. Maybe the boys whose lunch it was, but that's it. Maybe a friend, that's it. You, here's the key. Send them away so they can get, go to a restaurant and get some meal and come back here so I can wow them with my teaching. No. You give them something to eat. Did that hit you like it hit me in preparation and studying and reading this passage? Now, just picture them. They had the plan. Hey, we'll get the Lord, we'll talk them into letting him go to Publix or McDonald's so they can get something to eat because we care about them. See, look at us, Jesus. We're caring. We're, we're doing what we, we think we need to be doing. He said, no, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. That challenge and charge has not been removed from the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? He is still saying that to us today. You provide the hug after social distancing. And wearing a mask. You send the encouraging card. You get on your knees and pray for them. You visit them when you can in the nursing home, in the hospital, in their house. You mow their lawn or get it done or pay for it to get done when that person who has broken their leg and not able to and they live alone, they don't have anybody to come over and do it and stand and saying, Boy, it sure stinks that your lawn's so long. You should see mine. It looks great. That's what Jesus is talking about. Talk is cheap when it comes to ministry. Jesus said, you have everything you need right here. And in their human brains, they're saying, what are we going to do with a kid sack lunch with this multitude of people? The Bible in the Greek calls it a multitude. That's a lot of people. (laughs) The first part is they need not go away, is a revelation. The second part is a commandment. He revealed to them, nope, everything they need is right here in that little sack lunch. But he wasn't talking about the food, was he? He said, they've got it all because I'm here. And the command was now feed them me. What? Feed them me. Stay close to Jesus. Abide, dwell, continue in his presence. Just like we see in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. If you abide in my word, and you, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And my Bible says in John 14, 6, from Jesus' mouth, he says, I am the way. Say the way. I am the truth, say the truth. I am the life, say the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Your physical needs, your emotional needs, my physical needs, my emotional needs, and our spiritual needs can only be fully and effectively met through a personal relationship and connection to Jesus Christ. You could be more fulfilled with a little scrap of food in the presence of God than at a big banquet table eating food of the world and ingesting the poison of our culture and the world and ignoring God. Besides staying close to Jesus and abiding and dwelling and continuing in his presence, In Christ, his followers have everything they need because of that Philippians 4 19 passage. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And he doesn't mean just provide them for you, but provides them for you as a resource to give people in need. We are the face of Jesus walking the earth. Does that freak anybody out? That's a big responsibility. Don't wear a I love Jesus t-shirt or a bumper sticker and do road rage. Serious. Don't do it. Satan would love for you to do that. You know, don't be in line at Publix and someone drops a $10 bill out of their purse or pocket. They don't see it and you step your foot on it. (whistles) They go on and you use it to pay for your groceries. Don't do it. Someone's watching you. One thing and when we train the new soldiers and new chaplain assistants, just know this, that in the army, someone always will know, find out, and see what you are doing. It's very hard to have a secret in the military. It's a lot harder to have one in the kingdom of God. You give them something. And after... Realizing that, we realize that our resources are limited and finite. What we have isn't enough. If it was, we wouldn't have needed Jesus to die in our place. Amen? And then finally, surrender to Christ's authority and control. Look at verse 18. And he said, Jesus again, bring them here to me. You're right, in your hands it's a sack lunch, in my hands it's a feast for a multitude. Which meal would you rather partake of? I'd rather partake of the feast that God gives me, right? There's gonna be a great banquet table one day, just read Revelation. And we'll be sitting around it as his children, celebrating his family. But in their hands, it was a sack lunch, in Jesus' hands, it's meeting a need. Spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, and always, Look at verse 19. It says this. For out of the. It says. But what comes out of the mouth. Proceeds from the heart. Excuse me. Verse, wrong chapter. Um, and it says in verse uh, 18. Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds. To sit down on the grass. He had authority to say sit down. Now think of the crowd. The disciples were anxious to get them out. So they could go have their dinner. But the hungry crowd in a desolate place said, since you're here, Jesus, we'll do it. You tell us. Do you see that difference? They sat down. They were hungry still. That didn't go away. But there was a, if you obey me, Jesus is saying, you're going to be filled up to the brim with all you need. If you leave me, you're going to die in the desert. You'll be abandoned. You'll be alone. You'll be miserable. You'll be hungry, spiritually and physically. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said his blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave to them, gave them to the crowd. Now, look at this last part. Surrender to Christ's authority and control. He ordered... He took, he looked to the Father, he blessed, he broke the bread and provided what was needed and expected his followers to share what he gave them to others. Friends, you can't give someone what you don't have. It's awful hard to tell people how much they need Jesus or how he answers prayer if we don't have a prayer life or rely on Jesus to get us through life. Amen? We can only give people what we have. If we don't have it, we can't give it. The more of Jesus we have, the more of Jesus we can give. The more experiences we have in His Word, the more of His Word we can share. The more we get practice praying for others, the more we'll want to pray for others. The more we have been blessed with resources and things that only God can do for us, the more we have to give away to others for His glory, for the edification of the church, and for the blessing of people. Surrender. Jesus and in conclusion let me just say this we need to be the hands of Jesus we need to be the feet of Jesus we need to share the light of Christ we need to share the bread of life and we need to share the living water of the word you see we have all that people need If you're in a dark, remember it said it was getting dark and it's a desolate place? That's how life is without Jesus. It's dark. It's desolate. It's hopeless. It's easy to get lost. (laughs) But when Jesus is there, when Jesus is there, we have the light we need, the food to eat, and the water to drink. And it's all through him. There is no need. We can't say, boy, I wish we could do something for that poor old person. You might not be the one personally giving that money or personally mowing their yard or personally buying them groceries, but there's so much you can do. And Satan oftentimes gets us off of our game, if you will, or out of God's plan to use us by saying, you don't have enough. Yeah, I do. I have everything I need. And guess what? If I don't, have it i can i know where to go to get you help that's what we're supposed to do so you see we can be god's solution to life's problems if we trust jesus with our lives and take what he gives to us to give to others let's pray father god oh lord we are so honored and humbled to think that in our most desolate, dark places in life, with our greatest need, be it physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual, you have the solution. You have the answer. You have the resources. And Lord, as your church, as your children, dear God, you've given us the commandment. You give them something to Give them me. Share me with them. Live a life that points to me. And like the Philip with the eunuch in Acts When he asked him to say I don't understand this word I'm reading in my chariot It says Philip simply Preach the gospel of Jesus Christ And Lord we're in a perfect season to do this With these cards uh, come and see cards to leave with a generous tip at a restaurant or to give to a friend or relative or neighbor or that person who does something for you inviting them to church because on Easter Sunday it's the easiest Sunday of the year to get people to come to church that don't go to church as you reveal yourself to us let us not hold that revelation in help us to share it with others so their lives can be blessed also we give you all honor and glory in your holy name Amen. Perhaps this has touched your heart in a way to get more motivated to be available. Look with Jesus' eyes to see the real needs they have and remember, you don't have to be the one in charge to do it. Just ask Jesus to help you do it. Maybe you're sitting here today and you've never trusted Jesus with the most important thing he's given you is your life. Today's the day to do it. Don't wait till Easter Sunday. Do it today. If you've been walking away from Jesus and not close enough to hear a still small voice, maybe it's a day to rededicate. So we encourage you to do that. And we encourage you in this next moment of prayer, just a quick prayer, time, I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord to do in your life what you need done. Just give you a few moments to pray. Lord, thank you for hearing our prayers and loving us unconditionally. There's a yellow card in the pew in front of you of some decision you've made. Write it on there and drop in the box out there. I'll be standing at the back and there'll be others around to answer any questions you might have. If we don't have the answer, we'll get you one. will be back at the uh, uh, table in the back there. Thank you for your attentiveness. God bless you. And remember on the website there's a way to share your up your uh, decisions as well